What's more emphatic than je refuse? Je completely refuse. Je fucking refuse. Je fucking refuse. Je refuses hell. <laughs> je refuse F. Oh, it would be cool if we started having F as a, as an actual suffix, like that like made its way into our language oh, yeah. over a couple hundred years. Yeah. So that you could just be like, um, I'm tired of. I'm tired of. I'm hungry, yaf. I'm sleepy of. This is the future. And in the future, they're all like, my child, my child, you look tired of. I need you to lay your head down on this pillow, which is comfy of. Comfy of. Uh, my body is sore of, and I shall lay down of. (laughs) I named you pretty of. So that everyone would know of your incredible beauty. Pretty F. And your and your sister, Strong F. <laughs> Pretty F and Strong F Jenkins. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud F. You, I'm proud of you. I'm gr- proud F you. You've grown F to be such incredible, incredible people F. <laughs> I smile all and I'm proud F. <laughs> <laughs> In the night when the wolves shoop to whoop. <laughs> Tiff when I see you. <laughs> Tiff when Tiff when the god the god of emotion <laughs> and feeling. We pray to Tiff when every night. Oh Tiff when mm-hmm. bless Af <laughs> Bless Af this mess Af <laughs> Girlfriends to the left of me, vampires to the right. Here I am, stuck, stuck in a, a podcast, podcast with you. you. <laughs> it's every day's great. <laughs> Cyclical, Sisyphean, memed. <laughs> I've been trying to push this macro up a hill all day long, and I just can't get enough likes. <laughs> the Sisyphean task of retweeting oneself. Mm-hmm. So today we're ditching class with I Ebihara. We are ditching class with our new girlfriend. I got a new girlfriend, girlfriend. I got a new girlfriend. Ooh. You got a new girlfriend. No, you don't. I got a new girlfriend. That's Aww. mine. Sorry, she's my girlfriend. She's our. Uh, she's our girlfriend. Okay, I try to be possessive, but actually, she's our girlfriend. Avery Day's great. Got a new girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> a very uh, yeah. She kind of decided that was her role in our life. Y'all should see the fusion dance that we do before we play. Like when we become Avery Day's Avery great, Day's great mm-hmm. in the in the game of Persona Four. Yeah, I Nick and you Caleb and me Caleb. <laughs> do a fusion dance it's really great it's like so we sometimes have some trouble because i have a habit of dancing like i'm driving a truck like i'm driving a truck that's really low to the ground <laughs> and yeah and nick yeah. nick explain your dance style to us well i would say the most important thing is that you move your butt 
and yeah. um, I try to move my butt kind of in like a like an infinity sign, mm-hmm. but also in kind of like a like a clock face, yeah. kind of that kind of thing. What do you call that? A circle? Yes. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so we end up with an infinite clock truck that's really low to the ground, right. but it's and, all like butt centric. Right. And that's but the only like way Caleb is steering my butt. Is yeah. what it looks like. <laughs> And that's how we fuse. That's how we form yep, together. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Every Day's Great. Welcome to Every Day's Great. This is an experimental Let's Play podcast where we try to play a game and then tell you about it. That's right. And I'm Caleb Zane Hewitt. And I'm Nick Splendor. And you don't get to see any of the action unless you follow our Twitter. But instead you see it in the theater of the mind. The theater of the brain. The theater of the soul. Let's talk a little bit about what we're doing. We are <laughs> doing... Persona 4. We're playing the game, and currently we're about to do the week starting on May 26th through June 2nd, and it's a great time. It's one of those times where we don't have any dungeons, we don't have anything super special to talk about, we're still holding off on our kanji episode, so we are hanging out with people over the course of this week. Yeah. And let's just jump right into it. Let's go for it. May 26th. Come along with me to a world... Of pure imagination. Late mayonation. <laughs> pure late mayonation. God. <laughs> so, as I teased at the beginning of this podcast and, and with our beautiful jingle, yes. as we were doing our fusion dance, we ditched class with I, Ebihara. So, I, Ebihara is a classmate who we yep. met when we went to hang out with our sports boys a few days before. She popped up, said she was the new manager. And then, when we ran into her again, said, if you'd like to skip class with me, then you can. And we can go to the city and just get into all sorts of mischief. (laughs) And the first time that we hung out with her, it was a little like, what have we gotten ourselves into? Yeah, so we went to the city that's really nearby. Mm -hmm. I always forget the name of it, but it is like a station that they all go to when they want to get out of the small town. Yeah. They take a train, and there was like a store called Krakofer. Mm-hmm. Which we get to go in later. Yeah. And she takes us around shopping. Basically, we are her, like, pack mule. She even yeah. says, it's so nice to have a personal servant. I can buy so much more this way. And she reveals that she's on the guidance, co- the guidance counselor's list for being absent from too many classes. Right. So we don't even get to stay all day. We have to make it back by the final bell, which she has learned as long as she does that, she doesn't get in trouble for missing class. <laughs> Basically, we just go shopping. She makes us carry stuff around. She carries bags around. Yeah, and she makes it clear that she's got a lot of money mm-hmm. and she's probably spending somebody else's, you know, her family's money. Yeah. She's got a credit card. And but we don't know much about her. We don't know anything else about her, really. But she mm-hmm. kind of, I think she's trying to intimidate us. Yeah. And the fact that we're just such a go-along, get-along kind of fella... That she's like, you know what? All right, you're pretty cool. And hey, when we hang out next time, let's not skip school. Yeah, <laughs> we shouldn't actually do that. Like she's tried to play. She's played chicken with us. Mm-hmm. How far are you willing to go to carry my garbage? Yeah, bags around, and we went all the way to carrying the garbage bags, and then just going like, <laughs> maybe we should go back to school. <laughs> it's really, it is really interesting because this does reveal Avery as someone who's just like okay, I'll even do something I'm not supposed to do in order to make friends. Yeah, that's something that maybe is c- coming out about him in this week. Like, yeah. just being just kind of there. Like, yeah. whatever he's supposed to be doing or whatever happens, he's like, okay, I guess I'll go for it. I'm touching the TV. I'm going in. Okay. Uh, now I work <laughs> at a daycare center. Okay. I can, yeah. You know, like, 
we've made the choices that lead to a lot of these things, mm-hmm. but then once they are in motion, we're kind of just along for the ride. Yeah, it and it definitely seems positive. Like they're they're making it seem like he's having a good time, right. I guess. Yeah. And they for the sake of it being a video game, I'm not sure how else they would do it. That's fine. Other than just keeping him in motion, but that yeah. is the way it feels that he's just kind of along for everybody's ride. Right. Which is fine. Like if you're, you know, uh, you get on the train and mm-hmm. you just go along with it and, and and you have the opportunities. I guess the things you can do is you can like sass somebody along the way to yeah. kind of be like, I don't I don't like this, I don't like you or whatever, but for the most part we're like, hey, it's cool. And you get punished for that. True. So so it's like <clears throat> not even a real choice if you're trying to like play the game through if you're if you are engaging every single social link yeah you're, you're a go along get along mm-hmm. for the most part i guess it's possible like you can beat the game really really easily without maxing out even any social links if you don't want to okay and the the opportunity to just like not care about the characters that you don't care about is definitely there and to like go out with people but then be a dick to them is possible yeah but it's just not there's just not any benefit to doing that. That's why I do it, yeah. It would, Which is fine. Well, we've talked about this before, where yeah. it's fine as long as it's lining up with our opinions on the way the world should be. Yeah. And, and it, then when it clashes, it's like, well, well I don't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. All right. <laughs> and this has been weird with, with Aya Bihara specifically, because this is one of the first times... We hang out with her a couple times this week. And this is one of the first times where even hanging out with someone and the stuff you have to do to hang out with them is so, like... Uh, What's the word? Antithetical? Antithetical to what I would do? Yes. Where, like, I just... it, I would never just, like, walk around with her and carry her bags. And a lot of the way she talks would have so quickly elicited a, like, stop. Stop. I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm not going to hang out with you. Yeah, I've got to go back to the train and you can carry your shit back for yourself. I would. I would tag along. I love being bossed around. <laughs> I don't I don't like that I like it, but mm-hmm. like if somebody's like, "Okay, come with me." I'll be like, "Oh, okay." I yeah. just I just go along. It's happened to me multiple times recently where I find myself in a circumstance where I'm like, "Well, I didn't ask to be here. And I don't really want to be here, but um <laughs> I don't want these people to hate me, even though I don't want them to like me either." <laughs> that's very that's very Avery Day's great of you. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I see I'm not as nice. I'm not as nice as Avery probably. I have like a I have a very tough time putting on a smiling happy face when i'm in situations that are just like bad for me yeah <laughs> and that's interesting that you like persona so much yeah and you, did you follow this path with i before oh no the first time i played i actually didn't i did not focus on her at all this as is, soon yeah. as i went on the first hangout with her i was like oh i'm not interested in this cool so you played that way where you you didn't have this like completionist like, I got to try to do everything. You met people and went, oh, I don't want to know this person. This is not my story. Well, because the first time you play, you can't hang out with everyone. Right. There's just not enough time and you have so much to do. So you kind of have to decide on who you're going to focus in on. And okay. at the time, I focused on, like, Yosuke. I focused mm-hmm. on uh, the people on my team yeah. really, really heavily. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I hung out with her, I was like, I'm just... And this happens a lot in, in games. Yeah. If there's a side character who's, like incredibly wealthy and you have to discover that they're actually a nice person underneath all yeah. of the cruel things that came from their money and like, uh-huh. aren't you sad about their family like as soon as that plot line like raises its ugly head i'm just totally disinterested the, dr- the dragon of wealth lifts one tired eyelid <laughs> and like peeks out at you and you're like no no sorry no, thank you it's like there and we've talked about this on our other show there are other ways to do this narrative like chris in sonic x is interesting to me because his family is not 
shitty. Like, yeah. he's got a family that cares about him, and they deal with having money and its complications without trying to be like, really, money makes money's everybody's miserable when they have money, even worse <laughs> right. than you. And like that, because that's a, that's a message that is. To, told to us to make us not try as hard to get money probably but the <laughs> interesting but and also make excuses for people who do have money but do bad things yeah like, what choice do they have they're rich yeah exactly <laughs> and chris and sonic x not to talk about that for too long but yeah he, his family is shown actually to have a lot of responsibility like they're supposed mm-hmm. to go to the g8 conference and make decisions about the environment which again yeah. like you shouldn't you you don't deserve power just because you've exploited money from people but mm-hmm. like if you do have like money and power go together that can be okay. Whereas yeah. I is this other side of that where she's literally going to the mall every day if she can yeah. and buying everything she can to the point where when we go to Krakowfer later, she says, I already have all of this. <laughs> she says she literally already has everything they have. Every there. item in the store? Yeah. Ugh. It's a very, very gross. And I just was not, I was absolutely not interested in her bad attitude. No. I just don't have fun sitting through people acting like that. Right. So I have a little more of an open mind to this time. I have never seen this plot all the way through, so I don't know. Cool. I don't know either. And I don't love it either, but she is technically our girlfriend now. Yeah. She's basically our girlfriend now. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so we hang out with Chie a little bit later too. Oh, and also I as the moon social link, which I didn't Good mention to know. yet. Good to note. So we hang out with Chie later and a jerk comes up named Takeshi and he approaches Chie and it's like, apparently they went to middle school together and now he's like, is Yukiko still hot? Blah. And like, how are you Chie? Cause they used to be really good friends. And he makes fun of Chie who had been giving herself like totally bananas epithets since yeah. she was a kid. Or it's like, you, one time you were the hero of time <laughs> and then you were like, you were like the blue blur yeah, <laughs> and then you were... <laughs> And then a little bit later, you were the red plumber. What about what are what are you now? Are you some kind of BDSM banana? <laughs> You've been through the other colors. You were uh-huh. green, then you were blue, then you were red. So you must be probably what yellow now. <laughs> so he's being kind of a jerk, and he like he does the thing that a lot of people do with Chie, and that we are starting to see pop out of her plot which mm-hmm. is that people like quote unquote forget she's a girl which is something that i remember happening a lot in high school the conversations that, in high school and i don't know if this happened to you yeah high school especially as a queer kid i was surrounded all the time by conversations uh, because we were all learning about how stereotypes were not true for yeah. like probably the first time yeah because we were all kind of becoming adults that would theoretically fit into those mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was a lot of conversation all the time around how people didn't fit into their stereotype there were like yeah. really gross ones like oh you're not like uh you're not like typical gay guys you're like not like flamboyant or whatever right and then like the like uh this kind of thing would pop up too. They're like, you're just like not like most girls. Exactly. And I remember specifically that phrase of like, oh, sometimes I even forget you're a girl. Yes. Which is uh, one step along the path to awakening, right? Like not... It could be, but it's not. Well, I'm just what I'm saying. It could be one step, but it is not. Like, unfortunately, it doesn't play out because you're saying, oh, this is one uh, counter example to the prevailing truth versus, oh, wait... That's actually just not true. Yeah, like, like there is no such thing as standard. Exactly. Female. You shouldn't have to woman, forget right? someone's a girl to respect them. Bingo. Or right. Like, exactly. Oh, I, I, just, I just was talking to you naturally. It's almost like I forget you're a girl. Yeah. It's weird. Like, oh, I'm gross. not sexually attracted to you. It's like you're not a you're not all girls, which usually oh. I'm attracted to. Yeah. Oh. It's a it's a mess, and this guy's being gross. But yeah. Chie has some complicated feelings about it. Yeah. Because when he leaves, Chie clearly is like 
she thinks he's being a jerk and she's also upset that he is already he's like everyone else paying so much attention to yukiko and talking to her about yukiko yes. and not addressing her as a person and yes. it clearly bothers her that he says this like i forget you're a girl thing yeah and in a way that potentially a little painful to have like this friend that has become more of an object of attraction yeah. to people and to be like oh you're just you're the you're the you're the not hot one in your two of your two friends and like that kind of sucks too my relationship with you is still the same that it was in middle school mm. but my relationship to everyone else has adapted and changed because of my opinion of them as their gender right and we didn't have a good relationship in middle school either it's weird and it does touch on the like the complicated feelings of that point because i i do have dealt with this before too this weird combo of I don't like this person, but I still want them to find me attractive. Sure. Like, I, I definitely don't want to date this person and they're being a dick. But if they don't think I'm hot, then I'm extra upset. I'm going to think about it all day. Because I'm definitely better than them. Yeah. And they need to know that. And if they don't <laughs> recognize that, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she, I don't. I have never had that thought in my life. <laughs> For real, like I don't, I, I come the other direction, right? I'm like, oh, this, that's like a nice looking person. They're nice, but they're not going to notice me. They don't know anything. I mean, that, what, what am I going to do? Ah, this is fine. Oh, of course. And it, to the point where even like when people have been interested in me in the past, yeah. it takes me one more year to realize that. <laughs> See, I decide that people should already before they even have had a chance to think about it. So that's, you know. You and I are the, the yin and the yang on this one. <laughs> We hang out with Dojima a little bit later after yeah. Chie hits rank four. We find out for sure, confirmed, that his wife, Chisato, was killed in a hit and run. Yes, and that the information mm -hmm. that was coming from Ichihara yeah. was related to that. They've been trying to find leads on who hit her. She was on her yeah. way to pick up Nanako. She got hit uh. by a car. Nanako was left at the daycare for till pretty late because uh, she forgot to pick up, which they <laughs> never had a suspect for this hit and run because it was a car that was not like a japanese license plate yeah it was not somebody from there it was like a white minivan or something like that right and they didn't have there was no identifying information that they could track to anybody yeah as far as you could tell and so dojima's going through some tough stuff he's still still trying to figure out the case but he has not told nanako that's what he's doing because he told right. nanako she got hit killed in an accident it was like nobody's fault and it wasn't it, nobody evil is involved whatever don't worry about it right because he wanted to keep this like particular tension that he's dealing with away from her brain yeah and the trick there is that like it was it nefarious like he's like we're gonna catch the guy and i know that like if you hit someone with your car definitely stop your car right then yeah and and deal with it so like and like hitting and run that's just like that psa you know more you know like yeah. do that Th but, this guy he becomes a bad guy in the moment that he leaves exactly and he never comes back but yeah the way it's framed is sort of like does dojima maybe think that it was like a hit like a like did they do it on purpose it does and seem that's, like he, he, he's yeah. maybe reading even more into it like what and again you gotta ask why would someone in a strange car that we can't identify or that we haven't been able to find anywhere in the vicinity strike my wife in, in with a with it and then disappear yeah like that is super weird and eesh. It's very weird, and he's looking for a bigger mystery there. Right. But, which comes out over the next couple of times we hang out with him, It this is getting in the way of him being able to uh, engage with Nanako, honestly. Yes. He has been allowing this mission to, to 
set him apart from Nanako as a bad dad. Like, yeah. he is both letting this thing literally make him a bad dad where he's not in the house all the time. And he's decided that the fact that his wife got hit with a car and he has not been able to catch the culprit despite being a detective mm-hmm. makes him a bad person. And if his daughter knew that, then she would know that he was bad. Yeah, God. Ugh. When really, I mean, I don't, I, I can't blame him for trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. given that that's his profession and his, is the way he looks at the world. Yeah. But that is a big mess. Mm-hmm. Oof. The other end of that is that he genuinely feels like since he didn't take care of Nanako before Chisato died, right. since he didn't even ever try to like get to know her before that, that yeah. he doesn't deserve to now. Yeah. Like that just because I, the only reason I'm paying attention to my daughter is because something bad happened to my wife and I can't even let the thing that happened to my wife go long enough for me to pay attention to my daughter. God. The layers of guilt that he has about this yeah. are just piling up. They're like so we, complicated. One of the first things we learned about him was this sort of like, I don't even feel like I deserve to be her dad. Like, mm-hmm. I, we're not, I don't even feel like I'm her family. And it's like, oh, Jesus. But yeah. it's just because you're like, I can't do it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it goes, no, it's deeper than that even. Like, I didn't pay attention to her before. And I can't solve the crime. But also solving the crime is making it worse. And also, like, woof, woof. Yeah. Wow. What a deep, what a deep well. And like, if you didn't, so we have like a very high expression. Mm-hmm. So we're able to get this story out of Dojima yeah. earlier than we might have. And mm-hmm. I suppose these probably should be later game revelations. They are. So right? so we uh, he's got really really high skill caps on some of this stuff. Yeah. And so a lot of this stuff would not start coming out till pretty deep into the game. Yeah. But I think it's good that we're getting it now because we're getting this like very quick like, oh, now we're understanding what we're doing here and what's happening in this world. I like it. I like yeah. it this way. Um if this was your first time playing and you had no guidance and you didn't know what was going on, it would feel very like, whoa, 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 so many emotions, so fast. Yeah, and and especially if like I if I came to it later, if I was like, oh, I need more expression to talk to Dojima, so I've got to work on that, and then you get to it, and maybe months later in the game, start having these conversations yeah, and all that kind of, I could see it going a different way where it's like, oh, this is what's been going on, mm-hmm. whereas we've... We're moving pretty quickly through it, and I like it this way too. It's interesting, yeah. but yeah, it's a- he's already he's already all the way up to rank six, which is really high. Perhaps, uh, yeah, six out of ten. May twenty seventh. May twenty seventh. So after school, we go hang with I again at Krakow for for real, and yep. this was when we talked about her being like, "Oh yeah, I have I own every single thing in this store." Yeah, and she reveals to us a little bit more of her worldview. Yeah, which is summed up in the sentence. There's no such thing as a relationship without ulterior motives. There's no such thing as ethical friendship under capitalism. Yeah. (laughs) Which is basically what she's saying. Yeah. And it's, uh, it reveals that she, through her relationship with money, has had very strained relationships with everyone. Yeah. She assumes that everybody wants something from her. Mm -hmm. Like, and this happens after we're we're in Krokofer and the salesperson comes up, seems to be excited to see her. Yeah. And it's like, oh, let me tell you about this thing. And I was like, no, never mind. I have to go. And she leaves and she's like, why is that person even trying to talk to me? Like, I know they're just trying to sell me clothes. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that this sales girl at the mall. Yeah. Because she like sees I all the time mm-hmm. like I know you know from working in retail you start to feel like oh there's that person again I'll talk to you yeah, you know maybe yeah. we'll we'll be able to talk um regular customers mm-hmm. but I can't see it as like oh cool this is a person that I hang out with instead it's like oh I know you're just trying to get me to buy more pants yeah and it is a it is a total lack of willingness to understand 
that sometimes relationships can start that way and grow into other stuff. Right. Yeah. Just like you're saying, working in a retail environment, I've had situations where at the bookstore, I am selling someone a book. And then that process or that conversation through selling them the book leads to like, oh, we have this connection and oh, we can be friends in this way. And a lot of my, a lot of people from the store have become friends in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's because relationships need a place to start right and sometimes that is like a little utilitarian and sometimes that is a little bit convenient but it doesn't take away from the possibility to find something deeper and real yeah you and i met when i worked at the bookshop and you didn't yet and uh eventually i had to stop trying to sell you books um and but but and i had to start selling you on podcast ideas right (laughs) so it just you know the, the she you know she might be right yeah. that like all relationships have a transaction and no one really likes anyone for any reason other than what they give you. I mean, she might be right. So, I don't think she is. <laughs> it's uh, You're being funny and I, I feel you, but I actually do want to unpack it for a little bit longer yeah. because this is something that I have thought in the past. Hmm. Like this is something that at my more depressed and my more cynical, I've yeah. gone through thought processes like this, like is, is it possible for anybody to really have friends if like, we're even when you're like making friends with people you just don't want to be alone Hmm. and like even like this has often been in the form of self-hate like Mm -hmm. this like i only hang out with people because they're useful to me i bet and like i'm only the only reason that i go over to this person's house is because i know that when i do they'll be nice to me like these like weird things that are not yeah true and when they're actually when i i feel like when i actually interrogate them are usually just me being melodramatic and, and assuming that people don't really like you yes or that there's not really a real connection there because there can't be because you're not worth it yeah when in fact there absolutely are real connections mm-hmm. and i think that may also come out of some of your like moving around mm-hmm. a little bit more yeah. and a sense that you can't commit to a relationship because it won't last. Even if you like it, even if you believe in it, they're going to leave or you're going to leave. Yeah. Like, somebody's going to leave here. So then it's yeah. just going to hurt. So instead you, if you, if you transactionalize things, mm-hmm. if you make it like, okay, as long as I'm getting this thing out of it, then it's not a waste of time. Quote, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. Even if this person moves after college, we have an, a year together. And if we can make each other laugh in the meantime, yeah. then that's worth it or yeah. whatever. Right. And, and, and that's the thing that she's looking at. And that's something that comes from being in a like really heavy, like meritocratic quote unquote, and like capitalistic society where like everything is framed in its ability to be useful and everything is framed in its ability to contribute to your life or the lives of the world or the stuff around you in a way that like a relationship to money as extreme as hers is can create some like warped views like that sure there's the other like old saying that like when you have a hammer everything looks like a nail yeah right and so if she when people have a lot of money Mm -hmm. you can solve most of your problems with money mm-hmm. or you can you can address almost every situation with more money mm-hmm. you can buy more clothes to become more fashionable to do all that kind of thing you can take people out to restaurants and spend a bunch of money and treat everybody mm-hmm. and like you can so it be, so things begin to reframe that way yeah but then it becomes hard to remember that not everything is a nail mm-hmm. you don't need money for everything like you can just chill and have a conversation with somebody and they don't have an ulterior motive yeah. And she even kind of addresses this with us. Yeah. A little bit of like, you're just hanging out with me because something, right? Like, well, here's the thing. In this game, we are just hanging out with her because it is ranking up our, <laughs> our social life. <laughs> like, uh oh. 
like literally in this is one of the biggest criticisms of persona and one that she is pointing out right now literally the reason we are hanging out with these people is because they in the context of the normal game not what we're doing for this podcast right is because they are increasing your power in the dungeon and like that's so but this is but we talked about it before it's a mutually reinforcing thing yes and i have to say that from my perspective not really caring that much about the combat Mm -hmm. really not caring about the social link level at all i am reading this story yes i am inhabiting this story Mm -hmm. and i see it as an opportunity to get to know somebody Mm -hmm. and yeah maybe they're not my favorite character or i don't know how it's going to work out but i I guess i kind of have the assumption that building a relationship with anyone is worth it yeah in in and of its own merit just because it's like this will broaden the story this will deepen our understanding Mm -hmm. of humanity this of, of what the game's about and all that kind of stuff so i have um not having played Persona the regular way, mm-hmm. I have more of an inherent kind of, I'm just going to do this because it's here. I'm, I, I, I'm doing this because I want to see what happens. Which I think, is also maybe, I don't know. I think that a good, concise criticism of that argument about Persona is that everyone plays this game for the characters. Yeah. Everyone. Like, I don't know anybody who thinks the dungeon stuff is so fun, but they don't care about the social links. Right. I don't know a single person. And when you talk about this game, you talk about the characters and the people. And so when the criticism arises of like, oh, this is a game about hanging out with people and being manipulative to make them like you more, it's like, actually, no, because what you are emulating is a pretty genuine approach to friendship, which is I'm going to be kind even when it is not something that i necessarily believe in the moment because i think that this person is worth learning more about yeah and that's like a pretty genuine that's about as close to an actual friendship exchange that i can think of in a video game and it's exactly like you said everything has a starting point yes. so even if even if you start out going i don't like i i just mm-hmm. hung out with her for the first time i don't like her but I do want my moon personas yeah. to be stronger. <laughs> so I'm going to hang out with her. But then that reveals that there's more. Yeah. Right. And maybe it's worth it for you or not. Maybe it's your, not your favorite thing or maybe it is. I don't know. But like that's the starting point. Mm-hmm. But the game tricks you yeah. into spending time with people that you might not otherwise yeah. to show you that just spending time with them is interesting. And the game, the game doesn't want you to manipulate them to make them like you because no. with, with few exceptions, like the dating exceptions, there aren't any special rewards for them thinking you're cool. They're, they never like go to you and build you up. Right. It's always about them going through emotional journeys mm-hmm. and them getting built up and learning. And so you are putting in the work to fix their lives. Like whether or not, that's whether or not that's what you think is happening in the at the beginning or what you think is going on uh, avery is there to help them figure their shit out we're the counselor yeah exactly we're the therapist the blank mirror that's just <laughs> reflecting helping them learn yeah <laughs> oh weird and so okay. it, it it's not training you to be manipulative it's training you to be kind i think and, and okay uh, that's super interesting to me mm-hmm. because we there's all the jungian whatever whatever right and we've talked about the kind of this therapy and this and this game has brought out these conversations oh, in i us. hadn't clicked that through okay. that like if we are talking about carl jung's psychology stuff this is like us using those techniques in conversation the character is the therapist i hadn't thought about it that way that's really interesting that is super interesting and and you frame it in terms of each of these other people has like one persona Mm -hmm. and i think in a like everybody's more complicated than that yeah but in the therapy relationships that i'm familiar with Mm -hmm. the therapist kind of identifies like here's your main shit that you need to deal with right now here's Mm -hmm. our thing we're focusing on whereas in doing so the therapist 
the therapist is the one who has to know about all these different personas. The one that has no, all these different traits and syndromes and characteristics mm-hmm. and approaches, right? So the so the the fact that you imbibe and inhabit and level up all these different kinds of personas yeah. and then let them go or fuse them that kind of dynamic of like i contain multitudes yeah but each of these people we're going to focus on one thing at a time and i've studied that and that adds a little bit of uh a little bit of credence to the a game the game mechanic of bringing a persona along yeah that matches their persona yeah because it's acknowledging okay i need to make sure that i'm focused on the thing that they're dealing with and right. in this case that's the devil persona or in this case it's the moon right like i need to be in the right headspace yeah. of talking about this kind of issue with them yeah because that's and- what their persona usually uh recognizes like that's what it's about is that it's this is their situation and who they are and so you're bringing that to be like i am them for now i'm I'm helping them ready to be here with you and what does it say when you level up you think you understand her a little bit better yeah you think you understand them a little bit better you feel like you understand them a little bit better yeah that's it that's the like it is about this understanding growing. Mm-hmm. It's it's just yeah, you level up and you can make more personas, but you feel like you understand them more. Even okay, so even to the the, the thing that makes this weird is that you're friends with them. Right? Yeah. The thing the thing that makes this weird is that that part of it, you actually going and hanging out with them and being around them breaks that sort of like therapy dynamic. Sure. But if you think about it in terms of in all of these games, this character does not continue to exist in their world this character at the end of a year leaves whoa like it recognizes the therapy idea of the you you should not need this particular thing right ever like you shouldn't be dealing with this one issue forever and so this is the therapist coming in having sessions with you and then at the end of the year saying i think you're ready like right it's time for you to move on and maybe they did not successfully save everybody or fix everybody or whatever and that the process of therapy is it is a process yeah. and it's a thing where okay you're going to do certain certain things for a certain amount of times and that piece of you is always with you for the rest of your life probably but yeah. you learn strategies to deal with it to approach it to work with it uh-huh and so at the end of the year avery leaves the therapy is over yeah right? and and even the therapy of inaba and the like contextual like we we, we obviously can't talk about the end yet because you don't know how it all I goes i don't know how it goes yeah. but like the the context of these video games is like this is a group of people that needs you right then and whether that's like whether that's supernatural or interpersonal or whatever they need you for this length of time and that's all they need you for Mm. and it comes with this added feeling of like being willing to let go and Mm -hmm. being like which is another therapy thing and a successful thing is like you can't you have to be atta- as attached as you can be while they need you and then be be able to like extricate out that's super interesting. in this really genuine way. So that's very cool, especially in context of the psychology that's put in the forefront. Yeah, that just got like like three layers deeper for me. Like, yeah. More okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> we hang out with Nanak- Nanako. Nanako. Namco. We hang out with Nanako that night and uh, she says that she <laughs> she doesn't think her dad really loves her. The Nanako conversations are ruining me. They just keep like immediately out the gate. They're just like, boom. She just goes, what exactly is love? And like, I don't think dad loves me because. Was this the real dad conversation or is that a different one? Yes. Like, we, yeah. So, what so, does real love mean? So she was like watching a soap opera. Right. And in the soap opera, someone was like, you're not my real dad. And she was like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be real? And you, we say someone that you love very much is yeah. your real family. And she goes, oh, okay, then you're my real family. You're my, you're real, big, my real big brother. And dad's uh, my real family. Uh, but but then, I don't know if I'm dad's real family because I don't know if he loves me. Uh, and so then we pull a very good therapist yep, move yep. saying, 
did he say that? Yes. Very good. Like checking on the reality of anxieties. Yeah. You're, you are not like, you're not telling her that's not true because it's, it's not, but you're not going to tell her that you're helping her get to a point where she can't say that. And you can't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't be the one to say that. Mm -hmm. And, and the more that is, this is, I'm liking this game more and more as we, as we're reflecting on it, especially because the best answers are, it's not necessarily about what you believe. Mm Mm-hmm. Although it is sort of like working toward a healthy relationship to someone or to themselves. But Mm -hmm. it is like so many of the best answers are like not a patronizing like, well, what do you think? But instead just like, is that what what he said? Yeah, like Like, let's interrogate that anxiety more. Yeah, did he say that or is that something you're coming up with? Mm -hmm. And then if so, where's that coming from? Yeah. And so Nanako responds really well because as soon as you say, did he say that? She goes, oh, no, no, he didn't. Okay, you're right. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Yeah, it's like cool, awesome, and we hit rank five. May twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. So Yosuke takes us back to Krakowfer Land. We have this weird conversation about text addresses, which you told me is like a thing in Japan. Yeah, and I don't know everything about it, but I've read people who've lived in Japan in the last decade or so Mm -hmm. talk about their like text message address i think it's like an email address but it was specifically for text messaging and Mm -hmm. japan had a different system for that like whereas in the u.s ours were mostly tied directly to phone numbers Mm -hmm. and then you might have had like like there was a like verizon email address that my text like you could text to also but that was not what we did we just used the numbers what i Mm -hmm. think in japan those were two different things. Yeah. And, and so, so Yosuke is talking about some anxiety around getting a bunch of spam, but not wanting to change his number because all his old friends wouldn't have it anymore. Yeah. But then he hits this moment of like, but I already don't hear about, hear from them. And most of them, I think probably when they got my number, weren't planning on texting me anyway. Uh, so like, who knows if that's even a big deal? Yeah. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. And it's like a very short conversation. It's very early. This is still rank three for Yosuke, but it shows a little bit of like what we talked about with, me which is this like he's moving around for this business and then as soon as he's gone from in front of their faces in high school it's especially hard to maintain contact with people like that and at the time when this was made when the technology wasn't quite as good and there wasn't like facebook and so he's saying like i don't hear from those people anymore and i wasn't super close with people where i used to live either and we get a little touch of like why he's already excited about knowing us as much as he is because he he came here and like thought he was going to be bored, thought he wasn't going to make friends, yep. was sad that he was leaving the friends that he had. And then because he left, had to interrogate that they weren't very good friends to begin with. Yeah. And now he has like a purpose and he has a group of people that have to hang out with him True. in a sense. Yep. And I think that's fun for him. Mm-hmm. And I get that because it's also one of the draws that I had to theater. And one of the yep. draws that I had, because what that does is immediately creates a situation where a set of people have to be around you. There's a context. Yeah. And this game has you join clubs. It has you join teams and all mm-hmm. these kind of things that do like create the groundwork for more meaningful relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Yosuke buys everyone a souvenir. Yeah. He goes around, oh, he goes a- around and buys something for everybody he's like okay we better go home actually we should get everybody souvenirs first yeah it's like Like, a city that's one train right away and he has to buy a souvenir for the whole crew it's so cute though it's really really cute it's a very sweet thing for him to do and that was a great moment for his character yeah i really loved that it opened him up a little because it revealed okay yeah he really genuinely does like like people and and we framed him before as maybe being a little too thirsty or a little too like who's who do you like who do you like uh-huh. but i think it could be more positive or the that could be a negative expression of that trait of his but the more positive expression is that he's thinking about everybody yeah. and their relationships and he wants 
to understand what's going on. He wants to understand the dynamics. He wants to know. He wants to help people get where they want to be. Exactly. He wants to nudge everyone together. So if you had said you liked Chie, he would have been like, oh, okay, let's make that happen. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm surprised, but okay. Like, because he's <laughs> weird. I don't really think of her as a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yosuke! <laughs> but I, that's a, that is a really good way to put it. And also I was thinking about the uh, possible part of it being the rush to have your friend group feel like a friend group quote unquote, yeah. like in a like in a high school movie yep. like where you're like oh i want everyone to be like interested in each other and i want the drama and i want like all of us to be like uh doing drugs together and <laughs> and finding a secret hideout you know like right leaping over canyons together and eventually jo- joining our robots into one holy matrimony putting, putting on our power suits and and sc- screaming our secret catchphrases and like like nodding every time we say anything <laughs> because you can't see our mouths moving inside of our helmets <laughs> <laughs> Just like a normal high school friend Yeah, just group. like finding five dinosaurs underground. Just like <laughs> just like all high schoolers. I wanted to be just like that. So we go and we toot for the first you time. One second, but I know that there's some Sentai stuff in Persona, but could the next Persona be, instead of getting, like, summoning weird demons to, like, fight with them, you, like, get inside the demons and, like, <laughs> like the Sentai Persona would be very good for me, maybe? That sounds more likely something that they would do in... Uh, Shin Megami Tensei proper than okay. they would in Persona because okay. Persona has such an established like Yo, feel sci-fi Persona where you manifest like mech suits that look like that where like it is the banana the banana BDSM yeah. but like she's in there oh, with it would her be arms incredible. in the arms yeah and that's a normal that's a normal anime move up like uh-huh. if you look at Digimon uh-huh. they like summon the Digimon and then they put armor on the Digimon and then the Digimon and them get inside each other like that. <laughs> There's, yep. I when I was younger, yeah. There's like whole sequences where these like, these like anime kids who all just like get like spirit naked inside of their Digimon. Yes. And it's like this very bizarre thing that I had to deal with as a kid of like, <laughs> what is going on in this like show where all of these people are getting naked inside of like the brain of their creature? I am not familiar with that aspect of Digimon, and I like I it it's very like, much. I think it's like the fourth series, but it's it, they. <laughs> They introduce, like, Digimon fusion, where they fuse with the Digimon, and the way that's represented is there's, like, a big Digimon, and then whenever it cuts to, like, whenever it needs a reaction shot from the people, it shows them floating around in, like, this, like, circle of, like, Digigoop, oh. and they are, like, they're just, like, this weird, like, Kendall bodies. Mm. Yeah. Cool. It's really weird. That sounds great. So more of that, please, Persona. <laughs> Just more normal high school stuff. It would be super fun. And the way that they pump up Featherman all the time, it would be really awesome for Featherman to get a game. So Shunakajima is a kid in middle school who we take on a job tutoring. Yes. Good old Shu. Shu, 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 Shu. We go and hang out with him. He's kind of snooty. His mom is really, really doting. And he is like, I need you to teach me. But if you're not good at teaching me, then don't worry. I will fire you. And I do need to get into a good school. And I don't need friends because the only thing that matters is getting into a good school. This is another kid that I actually didn't hang out with at all. <laughs> was, I, I, I can totally him. see that. This is a hard one for me to want to go back <laughs> and talk to more. Part of it was because he has a really high skill cap. Like, yeah. uh, you kind of can't start his until a little later in the game, usually. Oh, right. He just, he's got the same voice actor as Teddy. Oh, yeah. It's very obviously Teddy. <laughs> yeah, but Shu kind of sucks. But at the same time... He's under a lot of pressure, uh, and it's like tough to be a te- like a, like a smart teen. Like I don't yeah. know if you had that experience, but I was a smart teen. <laughs> and um, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> We're dealing with a lot of different kinds of parents. I like the side of 
she's totally supportive and like all about his like intelligence and super super down but it has led to him having these kinds of like actually similar anxieties to i i guess yeah of like relationships having kind of a warped having a kind of a warped perspective on how to deal with people oh but his currency isn't money it's like grades yeah right it's yeah okay where he's like why would i hang out with people at school when they're all dumber than me and i only want to hang out with people that are going to make me better yeah like that are going to make me feel smarter and get stronger and like so i'm having you here because you're in high school Mm -hmm. but i is kind of the aristocratic and he's kind of the meritocratic yeah uh forms of human bullshit Mm -hmm. um (laughs) So my first reading of his mom was of a kind of not so positive. Like mm-hmm. by her, by the second meeting that we had with him, it was more obvious that she was like really supportive of him. Yeah. In a way that is not healthy. Yeah. Because it's like so focused on accomplishments and progress. And she's like, I want him to get into good school so he can get married and get a good job and get a good yeah. like, She's got that whole life path mapped out, which is like, why even bother living if you already know what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know? So but, what I'm nervous about is his arcana is tower. Oh, right. And Tower is a catastrophe. Yes. So what we are seeing is the a potential like common problem of him getting built up. Yep. Him be, being the tower that is being built up. It's like, look at how smart you are and how cool you are. Yeah. And I think and by not... the end of this social link, something's going to happen. Oh. Like, probably pretty soon. I don't know, because again, I didn't do his social link. Right. I have... I am pretty sure that something bad might happen like he might not get into the school he wants to get into he might really really bomb like one of the big tests he's studying for like and we're gonna have to see him learn how to build himself up in a more genuine way probably that would be very interesting Mm -hmm. and that would be a good uh, framing this game in terms of the therapy progression Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff and we're seeing it so far where people start with a hang-up yeah. Or a, or they're stuck in some way. Yeah. And then these conversations we've, we're seeing, especially with Nanako and Dojima, making serious progress toward loosening a, loosening the grip that something has on them. Yeah. In a way that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. So when you start this game and you, you meet one of these people and you're like, oh, I don't care about this person. Actually, the stories so far have proven to be very interesting because they will change. Yeah. There's going to be real change and it's interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. So Do- Dojima has gone through some serious shifts in the time we've hung out with yeah. him. Yeah. So framing it that way makes me interested to hang out, even with these people who I don't understand or who I look at and go, oh God, like the first, me- it's weird that it frames the first meeting as like, this person kind of sucks <laughs> because you're going yeah. to get to know them. It almost always does that though. You're yeah. right. But for now, she's just kind of annoying. Yeah, exactly. May 29th. May 29th. Ko and Daisuke are sports boys take us to a bookstore. And Daisuke buys a comic. And somehow, maybe because he was just not looking when he grabbed it, instead of buying rubber-armed pitcher hero, he bought lovely witch detective. <laughs> so he tried to buy the arms tie-in comic. Yeah. And he accidentally bought the bayonetic tie-in comic. <laughs> <laughs> and we say, like, oh, we'll take that. And he's like, uh really you are into this kind of stuff and yeah david avery's like yeah <laughs> absolutely sure love comics no problem yeah lovely witch detective that sounds incredible <laughs> it really does sound incredible it actually does sound yeah so this is another example of the chie thing because chie comes up and talks to them and they all know her too because it's a small town yeah so daisuke in one of his patented daisuke doesn't know how to talk to anyone lines is like, oh, you're the man, Chie. And Chie is literally like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like right like, away, she's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, don't say that to me. And sh- yeah, she's having this interesting, 
I'm not sure altogether what her um she's having issues where yeah. gender is a problem for her. It's cool like to see being gendered by other people. Or one being, way or another, or what, being... What seems to be happening is that she's being, like, ungendered. Like, sure. people are deciding that she, like, doesn't quite count as anything. Right. So it's a, so she's definitely not a real girl, so mm-hmm. it's cool to say, like, you're the man, or I don't think of you that way, and people think you're giving her a compliment, when in yeah. fact, she doesn't love that. Yeah, she wants to be able to be a girl and also like the stuff she likes. Exactly. It's interesting that they that this popped up for us at the same time as her, so her last social link, where yep. that happened, where we just saw two boys that she knew in middle school do the exact same thing. Yeah. like within a day yep and it's just like yeah and then we hang out with dojima but nothing happens may 30th yukiko asks us to hang out with her at lunch in like the most awkward way possible where she just like walks up and is like if you would like to not that you have to but if you would like to we should go out after school not go out in that way just go out you know like just forever it's yeah. just like talk 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 and then also yosuke does and then also Chie does too so all of our friends walk up to us at lunch asking us to hang out with them and you pointed out like why don't we all just hang out together exactly <laughs> like we're supposed to be not only we need to be team building to solve this detective mystery that we have before us mm-hmm. but also you can hang out with more than friend at once and that's kind of the i know that's like a thing about this game that like doesn't persona five kind of have more group activities or more kind of crossover kind of things. And this one does too. But Mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, that was one specific example of like, okay, my three friends who I go into the TV world with just independently ask me to hang out. I mean, I'll I'll be going, Hey, everybody want to hang out. Yeah. You all just want to like chill. Yeah. Let's all chill. But that is not, that is not the option. Well, we decide to hang out with Yukiko, though, and she has made us a lunch. She's still yes. practicing cooking. And so this time, she, this might be why she didn't want to hang out with anyone else, because she had only made enough for Got us. Got it. It becomes clearer. But uh, we sit down, and she offers it to us, and we try to eat it. But mm. as soon as we try, it like it's like, mm, and Avery just like spits it back out. It just like dribbles down, because he's like, my stomach would not be able to handle this. I think that he, des- I th- it is described something like uh, trying to eat a marble inside an oyster. <laughs> or something it's like it's somehow soft but also somehow hard and it's like a very bad not food that she has made and nanako shows up and asks what's happening yeah because nanako is just like walking home on her own i guess i'm going to find my friend Mm -hmm. and yukiko nanako says oh can i try some of this food and yukiko's like no you probably shouldn't be safe she does the right thing yeah that ranks yukiko up to four priestess yukiko says she's gonna keep trying cooking she's gonna keep doing her best we're encouraging of her we're like you you can do it next time we'll Mm -hmm. be here to try it again and then that night, we went home and we met up with Nanako again, uh-huh. who, it seems, is hiding something, is what it said. <laughs> and it was like, Nanako seems like she's hiding something, but with your current level of expression, you think you can pull it out of her. Nice. So we sit down and talk to her, and she reveals that it is time for parent-teacher interviews. Oh, right. And she's nervous that her dad won't want to go or won't have time to go. Yep. So she tells us about it first, and we offer to ask her dad with her. And we do, and he says it's fine. Uh-huh. And he says, yeah, I'm going to go to parent-teacher interviews. And she's so excited, and he signs up for a date. And that's the end of the night. Yeah. So we help them negotiate that. Like, it's interesting that she's just afraid to ask him because she thinks he won't be able to go. Yeah. Like, that's a kind of, um, for some reason, that makes me think of uh, of Siri and the, like, I've been hearing conversations about the computer lady where if you ask her to do something and she can't do it, you learn to stop asking the question. Yeah. And that's a weird analogy. 
I'm just curious how. So you're saying that people were talking about how Siri trains you not to ask questions yes. because she doesn't know how to do some stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then, like so, so, so you learn to stop asking for favors, or you stop at like she. Nanako's like, I'm not. Even, I'm, I don't want to ask Dad because he's not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So then he doesn't have the opportunities. Yeah. To try again, which reinforces the cycle of like, oh, this just doesn't work. Uh-huh. We just don't have a relationship. Yeah, he, you got to keep trying, right? And he, but he is reinforcing her that it, it is going to bum her out, and so she's nervous about getting bummed out. Plus, she doesn't want to make him feel guilty if he can't go. Exactly, she doesn't want to add on to his emotional burden. I always ask him to do stuff, but then he can't. But then that makes him feel bad, and it makes me feel bad. So I'm yeah. not. So I just, you know what? I just won't ask him. Yeah, and that's uh, it's that's a rough cycle in the in the real world. Like if that cycle starts happening, it's probably somebody you shouldn't be hanging out with. That often the case, but but <laughs> depending on the nature of your relationship, sometimes you need to work through it or to let somebody know that that's how you're feeling. Yeah, and they absolutely. go, oh god, that's not what I meant mm-hmm. to have happen. Like yes, but well, there are a lot of times where somebody, if someone is unable to do, like is not there for you, yeah, then you don't need to be there for them. Exactly. But that it just a bit, you know. <laughs> this is a complicated situation because yeah. Nanako's five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> she may have done a lot of terrible things in her short life, but uh, she's <laughs> she may have committed more murders than years she's been on this earth. Oh no! I don't really believe she did it. May thirty first. <laughs> so we hang out with Yukiko again, yes. and she's been working a job at nights to make money. Oh yeah. She's not, like, super clear about what it is. She just says she's been doing a job. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And a bunch of suited men appear and are kind of, like, hassling her. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're just, like, out and about, like, doing whatever. So the, the like, soon-to-be manager can just find time to go on dates or whatever. Yeah, next time, maybe you'll consider our offer instead of being such a dummy. And she, we ask her what's going on, and she explains that they wanted to film... <laughs> Nick just slammed his face into the microphone. His, I just like, glasses. gently turned my glasses into them. <laughs> his face afterwards, he was just like, "Well, what have I done?" <laughs> they wanted to film a special that was like titled something like "Haunted Mansion." Can the Yukiko family <laughs> keep it together? Nightmare at the Amagi Inn. Like the yeah, Amagis you- are the worst. It was like this. <laughs> And she was like, and the dude's like, why wouldn't you let us film it? Can bad things happen to good people? No, they must be bad. <laughs> if a uh, murder happens in your hotel, you're the blame. I'm mugging me crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You've made an amoggery of this institution. <laughs> <laughs> the inn's got hot springs. They're steamy and a muggy. <laughs> and they're blood. And the hot springs are full of blood. And also full of blood. Okay, yeah, that's Um <laughs> So Amuggy, 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 Amuggy running that good and Amuggy running that good, good. Do you remember? I don't remember that one. It's like I'm a bee. It's the way the song goes. It sounds like you did a good job, but yeah, I'm not familiar. There are a couple the... people at home who are like, "Wow, he really nailed that!" And yeah, I love really that joke. <laughs> you can just cut out my reaction to that. <laughs> so we hang out I with did... Dojima later that night, and Nanako is getting upset with him because he said that he'd read her a book before bed and he's like i just got a call from ichihara-san and he might have important information about something that i can't talk about in front of nanako Mm -hmm. and nanako says like but you said you'd read me a book like i wanted to read a book 
And when we say, like, we're, we reference, like, what we talked about the time before. Yeah. But without telling him what to do, again, this counseling thing, yep. we say, which thing do you think is more important? Yeah. Like, in a way that I don't think comes across as being very, very, like, sassy or aggressive. It's a challenging question, mm-hmm. but one that I think we offered from a place of love. Yeah. I was like, which of these things do you think is more important? Yeah. And he goes, he pauses and says, you're right, Nanako, go pick a book. And, like... It, it turns out good because yep. he goes and reads a book. He comes back later. And when he returns, he calls Ichihara-san back and finds out there was no new information that was really impressive. Right. He wanted to rush over there and get the no news in person for yeah. some reason. And he's he's obsessed with it. But mm-hmm. in this moment, choosing to go like, oh, I, I can let this go mm-hmm. for 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Literally won't change a thing. Mm-hmm. It's, I've already, it's already cool. been over a year. Like, yeah. And all he knows is that it was a white sedan. That's what I have written down. Right. Okay. And we talked about how here, in both his conversation and the conversation with Nanako, there's a lot of talk about reality and what's real. Yes. Because Nanako asks, what's a real dad? Oh, you're mm-hmm. my real family, but I don't think I'm his real daughter. Mm-hmm. Because we framed it in terms of, like, it's someone you love a lot. Yeah. And then, what did what did Yosuke say? I mean, sorry, Do- Do- Dojima? What did Dojima say? Our dad, Yosuke. Yeah. Dojima was talking about, like, I am letting my obsession with this like imaginary bad guy get in the way of the reality of my life yes like i'm having a tough time focusing on what's real and what's right in front of me Mm -hmm. because i am so obsessed with all these ideas i have about like what could be the like story of my wife dying yeah exactly and i think there's something i'm not i don't have much to say about it right now but i think there may be something interesting to discuss on the topic of reality versus fantasy mm-hmm. in terms of this, like, going into the TV world, which is not yeah. real exactly, but is kind of a subconscious space or something like that. That's interesting. There's, like, a there's definitely a theme in this game of, like, what does constitute real and, yeah. and the ability of something that isn't real, the TV, to become real when it's exposed to, like whatever these particular circumstances are yeah, or the way that it manifests in the people that it that it impacts like you go mm-hmm. into the imaginary space you power up your personas they don't ever manifest physically in in the real world yeah. as far as i know but then it changes who you are mm-hmm. also so that's a that's a big big topic but there that's i think it's interesting and worth noting that they both referred to the real mm-hmm. in similar levels of conversation And now it's June 1st. June 1st. So we went and hung out with I.I.I. again. Our good friend I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.I.
time sensitive way. But yeah. We took, we chose one of the gentler what the fucks. Yeah. That was just like, whoa, where did that come from? Or something to that extent. Yeah. And she kind of just like, she just explains like, I always feel like I have to be really clear with these people because they are, they're coming at me just for my like looks or whatever. And so it's easy for me to be like, sorry, like, yeah. And in, in that moment, I felt like she, she managed to both kind of show us her, her barriers to mm-hmm. other people and also show that she's letting some of those barriers down with us. Yeah. Like she's decided we're on the inside one way or another. And in a certain way compliments us. Mm-hmm. She says something along the lines of like, yeah, but like, you know, I wouldn't even hang out with someone if I didn't feel like they were like worth my attention. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of like, oh, cool. She must think we're hot. Oh, maybe that's the way she framed it. I was trying to remember exactly what she said, but I think it might have been about honesty. Yeah. Like, I think she might have said something to the point of, like, it would have been a waste of all of our time for me to act any different than I actually felt toward him. Yeah. Which I can't disagree with. Yeah. But I can also think I that can disagree with my, how she did her it. Her method. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But but again, there there is an interesting... This happened with some other character, too, I feel like, where it's like, you're coming at me with, like... Uh, it's clear what your motivations are. Yeah. And I don't have any room for that. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need that in my life. And that, again, you should maybe try to get to know people or whatever, whatever. But this, that, I think that's an interesting level of self-knowledge and honesty of going like, that person just wants me because I'm hot. And rich. And rich. And I don't need it. Like, yeah. And they, they're going to, they're going to be rude to me by trying to come up and just ask me out. Like, that doesn't deserve... Like, this is w- with our sports boy, Dice K. He yeah. had a very similar opinion, where he was saying, right. where he was saying, people are just coming up to me like they want to date me, but they don't actually know anything yeah. about me, so how do they even know they want to date me? Exactly. And he's getting in his own way. They're both getting in their mm-hmm. own way with this, of like, you're not letting people get to know you. Bingo. Because yep. again, there has to be a point of entry, and sometimes that is, I'm attracted to you, let's try it. Sure, right. But and, they, they, they're kind of two two sides of a, of a similar um, mm-hmm. dice. And they came from the same place too. We both met them on the sports teams. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. They are, they have a similar plot going on. That night we go and work at the hospital for the second time. Unbelievable. <laughs> Get me out of here. So it's Get me spook- out of here. Spooky again. Lots of flying Dutch angles. Yeah. And uh, we, while we're cleaning one of the rooms, the same nurse from before who has a portrait shows uh-huh. up and sh- we find out that her name is Sayoko Uehara. Yeah. And she makes uh, what we think is a deliberate reference to Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. What did she say? So she says, if you'd like, I can take you to the break room for some hot coffee. Yeah. And, and I, I was like, oh, yeah, hot coffee. Video game signifier for sex since 2005. Yeah. But be- actually. Because that was like a real, that's a, that's a real weird thing. And it's so well known in video game culture. It was a prominent pop culture object when this game came out, I think. Like, I think this yeah. is a deliberate reference. Because there's so many... I feel like there's so many different things she could say that would still be like suggestive, but it was just funny that she specifically said like that phrase, hot coffee. What is the age of drinking in Japan? I'm not sure, but uh, Avery's not there yet. We know that he's not old enough. Okay, but like even in Japan, he's not like you can't have you you can't have a a sake if you're 17. I don't think so. Or something. I don't think Avery's allowed to drink. I was curious whether uh, because he's not Kiko in the bar. Okay. Yeah. I was curious about whether whether this was one of those like she was like you want to go get a drink and like in in English they translated it to hot coffee, but probably not. Yeah, probably something else. Yeah. 
But she might have. That's we'll funny. have to replay this whole game in Japanese after we learn Japanese, I guess. This is a game that usually doesn't <laughs> usually doesn't shy away from like t- mentioning alcohol and yeah. talking about it. So yeah. I feel like it would have come up, or she sure. would have said that and then been like, "Ha ha ha!" Just kidding. Sure. And then she like and, uh, talks about how smooth our skin is. Yeah. And it's like very very flirty. And then it's like devil persona. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and she, in fact, she's like, she asked us if we're interested, and I was like, okay, yeah, let's see and what she's happens. Like, <laughs> no, not tonight. I was she's, like, damn. It's hard to tell whether she's being genuine or if she's messing with us or like what her deal is. What are your current theories on this lady? Because my current theory is she's a ghost, <laughs> a vampire. I'm gonna go with vampire because mm, okay, because that's like. That lines up with the whole, like, I want to get you to a private room when no one would suspect. Yeah. And then I'm going to suck out your blood. Well, the thing is that... And put it in the, like, blood bags. That's is, why she's the hospital, because they have blood bags. Of course. And, and the, the, like, she and the old doctor, and it's like, are these the only doctors here in the middle of the night? Mm-hmm. And, like, they're definitely vampires. Yeah. But on the other hand, oh, they're... Oh, man, that's such a good vampire cover story. Has there ever been a story where vampires just were doctors? Where they were also saving people, but also were drinking blood? Like... Uh, almost like they're the farmers of humanity like keeping the humans alive yeah, for the most part but taking a little extra blood now and then yeah like like if like oh my god i'm sure there must be because there are five million vampire stories at this point but i know that like i know that blade maybe goes to a hospital and gets some uh blood bags at some point like he cool. knows someone who works at the hospital but that may be a different story but it would really be cool like, if all night doctors were vampires yeah. like in this like one hospital or in a or in a world yeah. that would be really cool and call it like vr but it's like the, the vampire emergency room. <laughs> Stupid. Um, would you call it um, red steak? Red steak? Like instead of cross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> That's pretty good, though. Would you call um, it, would you call it um, uh, the in- incisive care unit? Because their teeth are long. <laughs> um, the ICV is kind of good. Yeah, ICV is pretty good. Like, yeah, like the sign is dirty and it, like, it's just like <laughs> somebody's like drawn in blood like a V over the U, made it sharper. The uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I... Van Helsing is like a health inspector or something. I don't know. Van health inspector. <laughs> Van helping. Van healthy. <laughs> All right, we're going to workshop that. But um but on the other hand, might be ghosts. So, like my case is not very strong for them to be ghosts, but uh I am ready to date her. Like if she's a date option, I'm in because I don't care what kind of supernatural it is. I'm in a point in my life where I want an older woman to make a proposition to me. June 2nd. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> June second. So we go to drama practice, and we find out that drama club is going to be on the school concours uh, for a play. What did you say to me? <laughs> that the, the drama club for a play is going to be performing on the school concours. <laughs> That's what they say. It's so drama club mm-hmm. <laughs> to just drop some French in there. A word that I don't know if it's anywhere else in the game, but all of a sudden she's just like, "Oh yes, we will be performing our spring play on the concours." And you know she's overpronouncing it, and yeah. she's got, she's, oh boy. Do you mean correctly pronouncing it? Because uh, well, <laughs> Yumi's gonna have the lead, mm-hmm. and we're helping her practice, and we're practicing in drama club yeah. when she gets a call that her mom has collapsed. Yeah, 
And so she goes to the hospital. We offer, like, do you need me to come with you? She says no. And then she leaves. And then we go anyway. Yeah. Which I completely disagreed with. Mm, yeah. I mean, I, it's like your friend, you know, maybe you want to check on him. But sure. she didn't want you to go. But I don't and know. And you're going right away for, like, an issue, like, a family issue. Yeah, I and, think like, we did the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah. Avery just went. Mm-hmm. And when she was there, her mom was fine. Yeah. Her mom was sitting outside of a hospital room, the same hospital room we had just cleaned. And her mom reveals that she said she collapsed to get her to come because she knew she wouldn't come if it, if she knew it was her dad yeah. that had actually collapsed. Because right. apparently her dad left them like 10 years before yep. and had just not been a part of their lives in the time since. Mm. So he is a like very deadbeat dad who is now on his deathbed. Uh-huh. And his mom, her mom, wants her to have like to say goodbye and talk to him. But she's like, no, he left us. And I don't know. And his her mom has decided... That she's going to keep taking care of him yeah. until he dies. And Yumi, like, completely disagrees with this idea. Yumi's just like, how could you? Like, he he left you. Yeah. And you're going to take care of him now because he went left you for another woman. Mm-hmm. And now she's abandoned him because he's dying. And now you're going to come in and clean up? Like, no way. And I think that's a pretty valid argument. This was such a dramatic, like, this this week was like an episode of hot hospital like these two days because we like we like went in the middle of the night and like cleaned the hospital and met the nurse who wants to hang out with us and then the next day we went to the hospital because we kind of worked there and we're like oh maybe we can help her out right exactly we show up there again for this other drama to play out this like drama between a dad and Uh a mother and i lied to you about your dad but your dad's sick on his bed and you have to say hello and no but he was married to another woman but then you you he turns in the camera pans and the lady is like adjusting the blood bag like and just kind of looking at him uh uh-huh she like has a cup of coffee she's like holding like three cups of coffee she's got three cups of coffee in a blood bag and she's like fumbling with it trying to put the bag on the stand like on the clothes hanger that it hangs from and she's just like oh god if only someone was here to help me with all this hot coffee if only someone <laughs> was here to grab it and it's yeah this is er these are episodes of er <laughs> mcdreamy mcsteamy uh so like mcfanks and mc and mcbitey <laughs> Anyway. McDrainy. McDrainy. We toot again. <laughs> we toot. Yeah, we did it. We did a shoe toot again. We did a, sh- we did a shoe toot. We, we went to help him. Shoe. We, we helped toot shoe this time in math or something. <laughs> and his mom got us fancy cheesecake. Yeah. And this is when she's like doting on him and right. like being all sweet. And she was like, do you know what raison d'etre means? <laughs> we got two French words yep. in one day. You know, uh, you know about raison d'être? Yeah, Shu asks us that, and we're like, yes. And he's like, oh, well, that makes sense. You he's are like, older than me. You are in high school. And he didn't ask what if we knew it. Like, he didn't double check that. And then he even was like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> like, does he know what it means? Yeah, we're like, why do, Why are you asking? And he's like, never mind. Don't even worry about it. Because yeah. he's revealing that right now, uh, grades and getting good grades and going to a good school or whatever yeah. is the only motivation he has in his life. Yeah. And we can tell that he's starting to feel like maybe that's not enough. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't actually love that very mm. much. And he doesn't necessarily, he's not feeling very fulfilled from like being super smart. Right. So he talks about his raison d'etre and how he needs grades because that's the only one he has. It's kind of what he's suggesting. Got but he doesn't it. quite tell us. Got it. Yeah. And I was like, Ah, not super into this conversation still. Oh, yeah, yet, whatever. But, yeah. Uh, you know, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our week. All right. That was our week. Whew, big week. Mm-hmm. Big week. Regular size week. 
No, it was an eight day week. No, it was an eight day. Yeah, eight yeah. days a week as we do. Uh, we yeah, we're pretty sure we're gonna go back to like seven days a week, but maybe we can do eight or nine. Sometime we just gotta. We're trying to catch up to real time. We've kind of given up on that particular. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> we're still doing. When you when everybody is binging this in ten years, once right. ev- once we're all famous, exactly. It, it's not gonna matter whether we did it at the time. Yeah, and me, like, you, what and it, every listener, we're all it, gonna be famous thanks to this show. What is real time? Yeah. Is it a time that you really love? Because if so, this is all real, baby. This is all real. Yeah. <laughs> this is all I, real time. <laughs> I love this time. You're my real friend, and this is our real show. Wait, does that make you my real dad? Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> I'm Caleb Zane Hewitt. <laughs> and I'm Nick Splendor. Get in and touch with our get, products. Get in touch with our products. Get in touch with our get products. In touch with our my pro- turn. Get in touch with our products. <laughs> Get in touch with our products. Stop. Stop it. Get in touch with our products. Get in touch. I just edited it so that I was last. God. <laughs> <laughs>